love you. Previously on Lost. Oops, I met Green Faceless on the couch. Oh well. Hi everybody, welcome back. Hey, I hey. am the Green Traveler. I am the Faceless Leon. This is a podcast about movies and TV. Previously yeah. on Green and Faceless, I honestly don't even actually remember what, what we did. I think we were dead the whole time. We were dead? Oh my god! <laughs> I only mention well, that because know. today... Yeah, today we're talking Lost, uh, a huge show back in uh, the mid-2000s, 2004 to 2010, aired on ABC, went through a shit ton of reruns, pissed a lot of people off because of that, so many unanswered questions, everybody was freaking out, not knowing what was going on, the writer's strike happened, there's a history here, there's a lot to go into, and we're going to go into that today, some of it. Not all of it. We're not, yeah. I'm not totally knowledgeable about Lost. I'm mostly opinionated about Lost. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Same here. Same here. I gotta say, I did not like look into much of the background stuff at all when I was refreshing myself. So I think we've mentioned before on the show that each of us have watched this show on numerous occasions. Yeah. I have shown, I think, four people this show and watched it new each time with them. Also, you know, I watched it once by myself and once with my family, so I think I'm on six six total viewings of this. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I think I did three, if if not four. It, yeah, I don't think. Just three though. I will say it's one of my favorite shows of all time, easily. Yeah. But I don't know if it warrants being watched five or six times. <laughs> yeah, I'm not so sure about that either. Uh, like, I think that I definitely, there's definitely cause to watch it a second time. Because yes. you get to watch them set the shit up that, you know, is constantly happening to these people. Yeah, yeah I easily think I could have watched it. You know, and I can still watch it. Like, I have no issues about rewatching it. But, like, I feel like if I had spread them apart a lot more than I did, it would have been much, you know, I'd feel less opinionated about the film and just enjoy it as much as I do. Because that's the weird part about it is while I do have some strong opinions about the film, I, I wholeheartedly love it. It's, you know, yeah. easily, as I said, it's easily one of my favorites. But yeah, there's a lot of shit that happens with, throughout it. Yes. <laughs> just, yeah. It has a, it's a but, roller coaster of weirdness. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, to a certain extent, that should be every show, I feel like. Yeah. I feel like every show, even if it's just like, okay, it gets really bad at this point, and, like, you could skip a few episodes. Every show Mm -hmm. should make you feel like, oh, shit, what's going to happen next, to a certain extent. But this definitely cashes in on that effect. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they'll set up. They'll set up questions season one that you won't find an answer out until season six or season six, the epilogue, which isn't technically part of it. But, you know, it's a tiny little short episode that came after everything that answered a few of the unanswered questions that people were still bitching about. Oh, man. Have I not watched this? I showed it to you. It's not it's not a very thrilling episode it's you know it's like five minutes five to ten minutes long okay. uh it, it only stars uh walt hurley and benjamin linus michael emerson's character okay. uh and it you know they just they just explain what happened to walt they explain what happened to or you know how how the polar bear was there in, ep- in the first season how it was still fed that is like how it still was alive and everything and they explained why the uh, throughout the show, there's little supply drops that happen on the island, uh, which I'm realizing yeah. we haven't even set up the show. But they explain why the supply drops were still happening since yeah. the company okay. itself was no so longer there. Right. We should explain <clears throat> what the show is. So, yeah, Lost is a competition where people get stuck on an island. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and they have to try to survive, and then they vote each other off. Real uh, life Survivor. <laughs> But I mean, in reality, it's kind of true. That is what you yeah, know. It is just it real like life survivor. At the same time as that show's height, for sure. Yeah, and it is about Oceanic Flight Eight Fifteen crashes on a uncharted 
unlocated island. It was uh, veering the the plane itself was apparently veering off course before then, so the survivors don't know if rescue is on the way. They don't know if rescue knows where they're at. They're doing everything they can to stay positive and hope for rescue, but there's. They're, they're quickly finding out that the island they're stuck on is really fucking weird. And there's a lot of weird shit that's scary and going down. And there's a lot of mystery and intrigue and dead people are walking about. And uh, I don't think it's a spoiler to say giant smoke monster. Yes, indeed. The biggest intrigue for so long. And was the payoff worth it? <laughs> I liked it. I, I liked it. I liked it initially. There's issues I have with it. But the the show itself, the show itself, there are I think forty seven survivors, something like that, on the plane. Yeah. And it focuses on like the main eighteen of them. So huge yeah. fucking cast. It's and it's a very, very ballsy choice too to have a a giant dramatic show, with a massive cast, and yet they pull it off so well because they incorporated something called flashbacks. Yes. Where they, they take a single episode to focus on one character's story, and they do this throughout the first, what, three seasons? Four seasons? I think they did flashbacks for three seasons, and then flash-forwards for two seasons. And then they're, they're goofy little flash-sideways for the final season. I think you are right. But, yeah. at any rate, Lost... I, I do think the, the, the 47 passengers... I do think that does become a problem later on in the show. And I uh, definitely. Think, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that is partially due to the environment the show was written under. Uh, like, yeah. I don't think that that some of the decisions they made w- were in the initial plan. I, I don't think necessarily. No, I think. But towards the end, they make it make sense with a certain event in a certain cave. That's awesome. Yeah, they. Yeah, they definitely, uh, I was laughing when he mentioned that because around season four, season five, I think is when the writer strike happened. And that's when, you know, there was budget cuts and they were, they were struggling. They realized, huh, maybe we have too many extras involved. You know, maybe we have, maybe the 47 passengers is a bit too much and some people ought to start dying off. And so there's just like mass extinctions on this island. Pulling a diseased flock. Of oh cattle. man, it was... it's so bad. <laughs> yeah, they'll intro- introduce characters like once or twice, and they'll be extras throughout the whole show, so you get to know their face. But like, then they'll just yeah. die, and you're just like, just no, like, not, like, oh, not not Carl, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like not Carl, not uh, maybe it wasn't Carl, maybe it was Kyle, what, John, was it Steve. Ah, uh, I don't know, Pablo. <laughs> Shit. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, Pablo. Let's see. Uh, I think we've mentioned, you know, the flashbacks are how they develop their characters, not not only through their past by explaining how they came to be on the island, but also developing them in the modern day story using those flashbacks. You know, using that the the reminiscing, you know, the characters reminiscing on their past, thinking right. about their mistakes or how they got to be where they're at, and then using that to overcome their, you know, modern day obstacles that they're facing. Yeah, and you know, there's a lot of weird shit on the island. We've mentioned the giant smoke monster that's wrecking havoc in the jungle. Yeah, you mentioned polar bears. Polar bears running wild, and eventually, you find out there's others on the island, a, a native group of, you know, slightly wild beings at first. So you think, you know, just kind yeah. of they are drenched in mystery and uh, mud. And they're slowly, you know, picking away at the passengers. You know, you don't know what they're doing, if they're killing them or just kidnapping them or what's going on. But there's so much mystery mystery and intrigue on this island. Yes. Yes, there sure is. So I think, um, you know, I feel like it's kind of hard to talk about the mystery without, um, you know, spoiling some things because... There, like it is a slow reveal, but I want somebody to be able to you know watch this and and get that slow reveal. Yeah. Uh, but we could definitely talk about these characters. I think. I think yeah. the characters definitely, we yeah. can dove, dive into. 
carefully dive into. Carefully, yeah. <laughs> we'll tip our tip our toes into a few of them. Yeah, we don't. Ooh, and, you I know, th- there. I don't know how uh, uh, rampant the uh, fan base for this show is at this late stage and uh, capitalism, but <laughs> they <laughs> they. I don't want anybody, you know, to send us hate mail about their favorite characters. So yeah. <laughs> or for yeah, spoiling I don't mind. the show. For... <laughs> yeah, I don't mind. If if we hate your favorite characters, I don't mind. I think you can you can send the hate mail to me. All that's right. fine. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. His address is <laughs> no, no, I'll just use your hate mail to the to stoke my fire. There you go, yeah. That that's that's the real call of the critic right there. <laughs> I will say the one thing I hear about a lot when you hear about Lost, you hear about the the joke we made at the beginning that they were all dead the whole time. You know, you hear that joke. Yeah. I will say, for the people who don't know the show and have not watched it, those people are idiots and haven't watched the show, the full show, yeah. and got fed up with the reruns and left only to come back for the finale and did not understand the finale at all. Yeah. So when you hear that joke... Just know that they're completely and entirely wrong. Yeah, yeah. But don't let that don't let that stupid meme stop you from watching this show. But I think uh, diving into the characters, I think there's two very obvious ones to start with. The big, uh, the biggest theme of Lost is science versus faith. That's true. And it's represented entirely within their two main characters, John Shepard or Jack Shepard and John Locke. Yeah. <laughs> just mix John them up Locke. immediately. Uh, that name might found, sound familiar if you have no link to the show, uh, but you know had a perk up in any uh, world history class, or if you ever took a philosophy course. Uh, yeah, this guy. Would you say this John Locke is based off of John Locke, the philosopher? Uh, in name only, really. I mean, there's some. There's some. There are some very good connections in regards to his philosophy, but I don't, I don't know enough about John Locke to to make I an ass like, of myself. But I don't feel like he was as faith faith focused as our John Locke and Lost is. Yeah, I don't recall him being so. Um, and you know, the most recent thing that I read about John Locke, to be perfectly honest, was uh, uh, that issue of the Sandman, where he's in a French prison. <laughs> <laughs> but, but right yeah it's amazing amazing graphic novel by neil gaiman anyways i feel like at the time i did know a lot more about john locke to the point where like i was trying to find these connections but i think several years well several years definitely have passed <laughs> since that point so i think that information is gone so i, I couldn't really draw too many connections between the the locks but i i thought it was interesting enough to mention i just wish i had more to say right it it's one of those i'm gonna immediately for forecast that uh i have a most of my opinions regarding lost come from my opinions regarding damon lindelof and i find him to be kind of a pretentious filmmaker and this is one of those areas you know like you know when you're when you write a lot of the times when you write you like you want your name to be right you want it to represent the character so you know you'll you'll look it up and like uh it's like what does this mean in a different language you know and then it's like can i use right. that as my name to you know it's, it's it's a bit pretentious but that is a that is a style of writing and i feel like that's one of damon lindelof's contributions the lost is john Locke and jack shepherd shepherd yeah. being you know, from Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. And that is a very important part of Jack Shepard's character is he's a very science focused. He's a doctor. You know, he doesn't believe in faith. He doesn't really have much uh, ties to God or Christianity. But he is a leader just purely based on who he is. You know, people just turn to him. That, that becomes very prevalent in the pilot. You know, as a doctor, he's running around trying to save people from the crash after it happens. You know, he's trying to help everybody. And because of just being a doctor and doing what he knew how, what to do, people immediately just kind of made him the de facto leader. Yeah. 
and he you know that is part of his theme as the shepherd you know he becomes the shepherd of this these survivors sure and it kind of pits uh it kind of pits Locke versus jack constantly throughout the show you know they're they're beliefs and opinions are always at odds with each other on how to how to best survive you know john locks out hunting boar he is the he's found a new purpose on this island you know he wants to he kind of wants to stay here after a while because right. it's given him a new reason a new new reason to live right he is but, the, the faith character for sure yeah and and there's good reason because you find out that uh, John Locke was paralyzed from the waist down, I believe, before the plane crash. But yes. once the plane crashed, he was able to walk again. You know, he had he had, he could move his feet, and he got back up and started hunting, and started running, and started doing everything. You know, there's something about this island. The the audience learns about this before anybody else on the island, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe I, yeah, maybe we do. Boone knows. Uh, I guess we should also mention uh, because they do a great job. John Locke's played by Terry O'Quinn, and yes. uh, Matthew Fox plays yes. Jack Shepard, and both amazing. Neither one of them my favorite characters, but they are both you know up there in my favorites because the the show definitely focuses on them the most. Sure. And I I will say, as as spoiler free as I can. I don't like the way either of their stories end. Yeah, I could um, agree. I am. I would say that Jax was more satisfying, though I do not mind the twists that they took with John Locke's, because I do like the. Um, I do like the character at the end in season six. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, I do like. I do like where the story goes. Definitely. Right. I just I feel like it's just so upsetting to what you know to John Locke's overall like development that they've built for. It makes yeah. sense. We'll we'll get into it. We'll dive into it. I'm getting too much into to two That's characters. Okay. We got we got They're, so many more to go. I mean, they, like you said, they are like the main focus. Even though there is a lot of focus on these other characters, they their rivalry. That I don't think we quite mentioned that either. Is that they do rival um, for uh leadership uh eventually yeah. i don't think that's really necessarily Quite often. john's interest at the beginning of of the uh the series but it definitely shifts there pretty quickly uh, i just because i looked it up while we were talking um john Locke was known for uh his letters concerning tolerance which he wrote after uh europe was under a lot of uh, religious wars and uh so he was he was pro-tolerance so that's kind of cool yeah <laughs> if he was religious yeah, himself probably. i could not find but yeah john john Locke's like original interest is just kind of helping everybody survive you know he's he's not looking at leadership but it definitely becomes more leadership based when he thinks jack's methods put the the survivors at risk and so like you know it kind of becomes you know who's right who's wrong it's just politics you know politics among 40 some people on a small island you know so yeah it's yeah it's like lord of the flies you know if you like if you read lord of the flies this is the adult version of it (laughs) it is kind of interesting how you translate you transplant people from society they're going to bring society with them it, yeah. it won't be the same society but they and I feel like that's kind of just how civilization works yeah it's like a cancer man like a cancer that what that's what humanity is yeah that's what, it, that's what <laughs> yeah. we are we're kind of just like a cancer and yeah, wherever maybe. we go we enforce our societal laws and it mutates as it goes so <laughs> yeah let's move on to other characters who is your favorite character i mean i assume john and jack are not your favorite go for favorite right away man um let's uh okay so i would say that this probably wouldn't be the first picks for a lot of people but together i love their story 
and that is Sun and Jin. Um, I was really hoping Sun, you would go there next. You were hoping I'd go there next? Okay. I, I um, wanted to talk to your story because I love them. I love Sun and Jim. So, Sun, I said, I think I said Jim, but it's Jin. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Jin. and Mrs. Kwan, they are from Korea. And yeah. uh, he, uh, she is the daughter of a big bad businessman bully mafia guy i don't know uh and he works for him and yeah uh, that's that's a big part of their story uh their back flashback stories yeah. and uh i had to reach behind me to find that word <laughs> 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 we were just talking about it uh but anyways they met when they were pretty young they are from two different parts of the society her the upper uh, echelon and he was the son of a fisherman mm-hmm. but they ended up getting together after a while though things turned bad because he is stressed that's what i'll say i think it's okay to say why he was stressed sure his daddy-in-law made him do some bad bad things yeah in order to get his daughter's hand in marriage he had to commit to basically doing any job his dad asked him to do and his dad had a much darker side than just Korean businessman. <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely. Uh, he he was uh, he was his father-in-law's messenger, and yeah. the the letters he sent were printed in fists. We'll say that. Yeah, and there's a good gets, way to put it. It gets fucked up sometimes, but uh, anyways, Jin becomes a very angry person because of this and he starts to resent son because he does these horrible things for her even though he still loves her very much but mm-hmm. she's at some point stops seeing that she thinks she ha- he hates her you know and because yeah. he's verbally abusive and and that's the sad part like that it, it is it is a romanticization of an abusive relationship but in the mm-hmm. in, like they go through so much to make it a a good relationship in this show yeah i would say yeah i would say it's not a romanticization because of an abusive relationship because it gets cured because because he learns to be a better person throughout the show because normally an abusive relationship nobody nobody gets better and you, you know it's it's best to end it and it certainly probably was best to end it somewhere along the line if they hadn't come to the island i would have you know i would have rooted for her to get out of that relationship oh definitely definitely uh and and, you know sun does stick up for herself in fact before they get to the island she had a plan to get out yeah i don't know I, i once they got away from society you know jen was able to you know to not be as controlling he was able to actually see his actions and realize you know, he didn't like his actions. So once yeah. they were kind of freed from that, that, uh, the bond that they had with, with her father, right? you know, he was able to open up and just become a beautiful human being, which he is yeah. by the end. He's, I do. A, I, his, fucking he love is him. definitely my favorite character. He's just, he's so, so noble and mm-hmm. willing to sacrifice for son. It's good. It, and uh, eventually, but, not even just son. Like, eventually, he's willing to sacrifice anything for all of his friends. You know, that's he's. That's right. Yeah. The island was good for him. So I, I feel like there's a lot more to say about son, too. I, I don't know. I didn't know if I wanted to ruin this or not, but I guess it's not. It's pretty early on. You find out that she knows English, mm-hmm. but Jen had no idea she knew English. And he feels betrayed by that. But anyway, she becomes uh, a big part of, like, the, uh, I will say, ruling class of the island. (laughs) Um, uh, Because she, you know, she not only is able to communicate with, you know, what's going on to Jin, she is very useful. Like, she she Mm -hmm. grows the garden that they, that they, that the islanders feed off of and he also does fish in the movie 
too. So that, that's kind of cool, yeah. like to kind of get like a role that these people start taking in this new society. Yeah, that there's you you mentioned the ruling class, and it's kind of like a joke among the the yeah. extras of the show because you know they mentioned that there's a there's a hierarchy that goes on. Jack and his people get to know everything that's going on first before anyone else does. Mm-hmm. And it is it's hilarious when it's mentioned, but as you just mentioned, also the the hierarchy, the people who ha- you know the main characters, they had roles, they had things they did yeah. that were integral to the community. Everybody else just kind of lounged around and <laughs> read yeah, books yeah. and <laughs> didn't I'm really sure do anything. I'm sure they did some things. I'm sure they did some things off screen that weren't important to the plot. Uh, but yes, definitely Sawyer. Definitely Sawyer was just sitting around Who's... reading books. Well, he's the one I want to talk about next. Yeah, because he's my favorite character. Uh, Sawyer is my favorite character, played by Josh Holloway. Uh, We should mention also... uh, Oh, yes. Sun Sun Hua Kwan. Sun is played by Yoon Jin Kim. And Jin Su Kwan is played by Daniel Day Kim. Daniel Day Kim has been in uh, the new Hawaii Five-0 remake. Yeah, Hawaii Five-0, yeah. I don't think that ran very long, but... I never watched it honestly, yeah, but I him being in it was sorry. kind of a draw. I watched an episode just because of him. So, moving on to Sawyer, my favorite character, played by Josh Holloway, who's slowly getting more famous outside of Lost. Yeah, uh, he, is. he was in a Mission Mission Impossible movie for like five minutes and then he got uh-huh. killed. <laughs> but he is the character who, in real life, I would hate. I, he, oh. He's an asshole. He's he's a con man. He's a hick. He, uh, you know, he has a nickname for everybody. He's very rude to everybody. Very distrusting, constantly causing chaos, and absolutely bringing all the fun to the island yeah. and the great pod. He's yeah. he's always shirtless and he's a ripped, handsome man. So it's he, he's just such a wonderful character, and he's my favorite character because he has the best story in my opinion. Because he goes. Yeah, everybody else kind of goes from being in a bad place to developing to be a better person. He goes from being complete shit to being the best, nicest, kindest character on the island. Like he is uh, until season six, sadly. But his his development is wonderful because he there's a moment later on in the show where he literally sacrifices his chance to get off the island so other people can. Yeah. And that speaks to his development as a character because he is so selfish at the beginning. You know, he's hoarding medicine, he's hoarding books, he's hoarding everything. And then by the end, everybody's coming to him for advice and for help because yeah, he, he he becomes a leader. He finds himself say, like everybody at else. At the end of the show, he probably is my favorite. He, he, yeah. he definitely just changed so much. Uh, like I like I said, I really like Jin at the end of the series too. Mm-hmm. But he's so good. His story is great at the end. I, yeah. I mean, his story is great throughout, but the the end of his story is awesome. Yeah, because he he kind of connects to everybody too through the backstories. Like that's another fun fart. Yeah. Fun fun fart. Oh god, that's another fun part about the backstories. Is eventually their their lives all start to connect. You know, you start, maybe it's a spoiler, but you start to like, you know, you'll see somebody in the background and be like, was that Kate? Was that, you know, was that so-and-so in this, in this person's background or uh, flashback? And, and Sawyer appears in quite a few of those and ties in the quite a few more. And it's, you know, he's just one of the most intriguing characters just because of how he develops. And then there's that, there's that damn body. He, he always comes out of the water just glistening and he's so sexy, man. That's true. <laughs> that's true uh he is definitely a draw i will say and he's got a southern draw i don't think we mentioned he's got that. a southern draw <laughs> uh yeah he's definitely uh a great part of the show and um he uh, talking about his development like because he's a con man there's new great awesome twists that just happen in his story that don't happen in anybody else's like just just because in his previous life he could be anybody another character that's kind of like that is kate austin evangeline yes. lily she definitely is very famous outside of uh yeah Lost. the hobbit movies 
<laughs> that Hobbit movie. That's it. That was the one. That's uh, the one right there. She also Her plays that. the Wasp. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's right that is right yeah i do actually love her as the wasp i she think she's really amazing as the wasp, the wasp. Yeah. but my mind my mind immediately goes to what i dislike which was <laughs> that weird just shoehorned romance i'm okay with the romance it's just it felt shoehorned in those films it did it did feel shoehorned in that film and she could have been a fun character if they just left that part out of it and i don't think right. that it's specious either it's not because she got with the dwarf it's not no i'm okay with that okay i, lo- I want to see that but make it its own thing don't don't just shoehorn it into the hobbit yeah you call the movie dwelf <laughs> <laughs> and you have evangeline lily and you could even have that same guy that played the dwarf i don't remember i don't even remember which dwarf it was there was like what 11 of them it's hard to keep track yeah i don't know right i don't remember him either i'm sorry uh, i know anyhow, token fans wait. are gonna kill us <laughs> but no Kate Austin I think this is one of the biggest problems with the whole show is their handling of the female characters That's I love fair. I love I love Sun but of that couple they gave Jen the better stories you know they they, they focused on Jen more they focused on her a lot which is great and she has yeah. some amazing stories but I feel like near the end of the show they kind of just forgot what to do with their female characters you know they didn't they didn't know where to go with them after a while and i think it's the most prevalent with kate austin yeah and and she kind of her focus like just shifts so much throughout the show too like what it is she's trying to do um she she shifts from being selfless to shellfish (laughs) shellfish (laughs) <laughs> she she shifts that's right people on the Mutants. scale of selfishness back and forth throughout the show uh it, and and it just kind of speaks to her life before she got to the island she's a fugitive she's always been on mm-hmm. the run always just tried to survive and uh it's a good i like and... her backstory a lot yeah, yeah. Her, her. The reason she's a fugitive is like a morally gray area that you know you can argue whether what she did was right or not. Uh, yeah. Obviously, I would say it wasn't, but given the circumstances, maybe she found herself with no other option. So yeah. I'm willing to give her the benefit of the doubt because she is, I would say, a good person. Yeah. She doesn't intend harm. Harm just happens around her. That's you know, true. Well, she 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 intends she harm the one the time. Initial, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then uh, it just started a curse where everybody around her just gets hurt. Yeah, that's kind of how it happens. And, you know, and the, the reason why they get hurt is because she is on the run. Well, I mean, I feel like that's kind of Kate in a nutshell, except for saying that she is also, like, Jack's main love interest throughout the show. That kind of waffles, too. Yeah. She's also, also the love Sawyer. interest of Sawyer. She, she, gets in, she gets into a lot of weird triangles with people yeah, and it's just sure does. and it really sure ruins does. my favorite relationship that happens later on we'll talk that behind the spoiler wall but yeah. it's it's yeah. annoying man but like but the the problem is she is an amazingly strong female character mm-hmm. they set her up really great at the beginning for three seasons or so she is amazing very underwritten at times and not always given the strengths that she definitely can handle but they had a, they had a really great character here, and they just kept fumbling it, you know. Because yeah. Evangeline Lilly kills it; she's amazing she in this role. Yeah, and it's it's so hard for me to watch any of her roles, except you know she became typecast for me until I guess Marvel. <laughs> yeah, that that's true. She did get to break out a little bit. So I I think since you mentioned like how the show treats their female cast, uh, what's what's talk about Claire Claire Littleton. Oh yes, she's she's extremely important in the beginning of the show, and then just at the end, just drops off pretty much. Yeah, like they do. Really fast like too. I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily hate what they decided to do at the end, but I don't understand why she was she was pretty much written off. Yeah, they uh, made it work, but they they changed her so much by the end that I was not yeah. on board with it. Yeah, played by uh, Emily de Revon. I think that's how you say her last name. I could say her first name wrong. 
who knows but anyways yeah she's from australia and uh and she's uh when she's bell what's that and she's bell Bell. and once upon a time that is true true. (laughs) which honestly for like a hot second i felt like they were doing the same thing in once upon a time with her character right I was yeah, like, what happened fit. to this actor that they decided that that was happening? Maybe something in her personal life. Like, I don't know. Maybe she had a kid or two or something. I don't know. Yeah, I felt that a lot, honestly, with Once Upon a Time, where I thought they were just kind of like a rip-off lost. Yeah. Because it's but like they do the does, same thing. She does come back at the – she's she's pretty prevalent at the last couple seasons. Uh, That's so they, they fix it. I don't know what happened in – that's good. They do the same thing though with the flashbacks and everything. Like, yeah, they I mean, do. not that Lost. They do. Not that Lost was the first to do that, but Lost sure. made it a, a more common trope among television shows to to because realize it, they can develop characters at a different timeline. Right. Yeah. It works. Is the is the thing. Like it. Yeah. It, could, it, it has a risk of becoming cliche, but I think right now, it it still can work. Uh, because yeah. like you said you can have a large class of people and be able to focus on on them that yeah but there's not i don't really know if there's much to say beyond about claire beyond that, you that know, she's the she's the pregnant i think yeah because she's yeah, she's very integral fair. to the plot to what she goes is, on especially towards the beginning for sure yeah um so but We'll just maybe mention. I, I I would love to jump into all these characters, uh, but you know we're already running like forty minutes. So. <laughs> right. Uh, I think there's uh, from. Let I, me see how many more there are that I'm interested in, that I want to specifically talk of. I would love to talk about all of them. I think there's four more specific that I would like to talk about. All right, let's do it. All right, what are first? They? First, I think it's important because I remember your wife saying this was her favorite character is Saeed. I love Saeed. Yeah, played by Naveen Andrews. I mentioned this so many times when, whenever I watch this, I would love to see him play Jesus Christ. Yeah, I think he would make awesome. a great he would make a great Jesus Christ. I think. Yeah. Just yeah, because I, of his performance in Lost, like he just reminded me of what I think Jesus would look like, and I was like, yeah, that guy yeah, right he there. He definitely has the hair. I think he still has the hair, so it would. Right. Work. It, it, it might at this point have a touch of gray, but I'd still love it. I'd That's still all right. be all for it. Yeah. I, I I don't know what faith he worships, but uh, it, or if he would be down for that. But yeah, he might I not be in, interested. Uh, I would definitely, yeah. He he's an amazing actor. I've seen him in some other things, like um, uh, Sense Eight. He was in that. It was a short role, oh, but wow. he was he was good. And uh, what else have I seen him in? But anyways, I I really want to see more of, of him. He's yeah, cool. he's he's brilliant. And he's another of the characters who, and it's it's a common theme among Lost, I love him so much that I hate his ending. I hate how they treat his character at the end. I do too, but it's it works at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they always make these terrible things work, and it's it's weird. He was a, the, the National Guard of the Iraq. He was one of their torturers. He, you know, he right. got He was very yeah. good at... Uh, or in, in uh, interrogators, maybe. Yes. Is more yeah. more appropriate. Well, he, he did um, torture as an interrogator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. not to you know, not to just just to state you know every country has tortured. It's terrible and That's it's horrible, true. and that yeah. becomes part of his his story is how he copes with the things he's done. And when he comes to the island, he's one of the few characters who's not given a chance to to rediscover himself because he's kind of pushed back into his old ways pretty early on. You know, they, they kind yeah. of turn to him to to work information out of people or to to become the you know, the investigator, the interrogator character. And it it it's beautiful how they tell his story and then it's sad also how they end his story because there's yeah. so much there but he doesn't get the chance to to just rediscover himself to be somebody new. Yeah. And At the beginning uh, he he still was one of my favorite characters and you know even though he starts going back into his own old ways rather quickly as you said um 
I still saw him as a more caring character than Sawyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, yes. Yeah, and, and those, those two kind of foiled each other really well. I feel like at the beginning, if we're going to use D and D terms, Sawyer is like chaotic neutral, and I would say Saeed is is uh, maybe lawful neutral. If not, yeah, yeah. I'd say yeah. lawful neutral is good. He's not. He's definitely not evil. Uh, no. Yeah. Well, not until season six. Not until. <laughs> <coughs> Moving on from Said, another character I think is super important to talk about is Hugo Reyes uh, Hurley, played amazingly by Jorge Garcia. Hurley. Everybody loves Hurley. That's even a title of like two episodes, I believe. Yeah. Uh, it's, I think it's, you're right. <laughs> he's the most. Uh, wonderful character on the island he is the kind-hearted you know lovable individual he doesn't you know it's hard to make him mad but people do rely on him a little too much at times right and you know he's he's suffering on the island because he is the heaviest individual on the island he is i think well over 300 pounds probably pushing 400 you know it's you're you're stranded on the island you have no food (laughs) you know you're you're drinking coconut milk and eating whatever you can get your hands on so he's struggling but he never lets it wear on him on his mentality he's always this happy guy i mean and things around people at at any rate Uh, yeah definitely has some uh horrible mental breaks i would say yes he you know he recovers from and becomes a stronger person because Mm -hmm. of them which uh well, it's just another part of his story is that he did spend quite a bit of time in a, in a mental, mental institution on, in the real world. Yeah. I guess. And in, he's in and story. he's haunted by bad luck. Like, like that, the, it, you're right. He has some horrible mental issues that happen, and, and I love the way the show focuses on them because he's never sick. You know, it never portrays him as being sick. Yeah. He is... Uh, he's a perfectly healthy individual despite his uh, weight but it's just you know it's just like he, he is a happy-go-lucky man who has bad things constantly wearing weighing him down but he yeah. mostly keeps up a good a good optimism a yeah. good hope you know that he, despite all the bad luck that's constantly following him but I think his it, there's not much development to his character because he starts off as a good person just with bad luck. Sure. I think he does become much more confident. Yeah. Yes. And he definitely grows. Yeah. Uh, and, and also, uh, he learns how to stick up for himself too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love Hurley. I do. He, he's, he's he grows into favorites. leadership. I feel like I've said that most of these characters are one of my favorites. Right. But that's the beauty of the show. That's the beauty of the show. So uh, the I last, yeah, yeah, the last two characters are uh, Mike. Who is it? Michael Dawson, and he's played by Harold Perrineau. He is a young black man who just became. You know, he's he's been a father, but uh, his he and his wife had separated, and the son had moved with his mom out to Australia, but she had just tragically died before the show started. And he has, you know, he's become sole custody of his kid, Walt. His kid, Walt. And I don't remember who played Walt, sadly. I didn't really write him down. Because uh, uh, Walt's important for season one and then just kind of forgotten, sadly. It's, uh, sadly, true. Uh, Malcolm David Kelly. He was growing up too fast, so they they kicked him off because off seasons he would grow like a foot and a half. Yeah. And... <laughs> It's it's one of the the horrible parts about the show because it does take place in like a hundred days. It's very short, or at yeah. least the first season, first three seasons are like a hundred days. Right. And like you like you said, Walt was hitting puberty and growing up. <laughs> it was like, Real oh shit, fast. what do we do? What the fuck do we do? And Michael Dawson is he's a beautiful character for a solid amount of the show. Again, horribly written I, near the end. Yeah, I do not like what they did to his character. Yeah, it's tragic. Beautiful character. I just wanted to mention him up front. The other one is a little spoilery, but I have to mention him. It's Benjamin Linus, 
Yeah. Uh, he is my second favorite character throughout the entire show, played by Michael Emerson, who is, he went on to play, he was in Person of Interest alongside the guy who played Jesus Christ in Passion of the Christ, uh, Jim Cavanaugh, something like that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's probably wrong. But he, he Michael Emerson is an amazing actor. And yeah. Ben Linus is the most manipulative and mysterious character in the entire show. You rarely know what's going on in his mind. And he's fucking brilliant. Like he is, he is so good. One of the greatest villains in the series and I guess anti-hero after a while. Like after a while, I really like his ending. His ending is good. One of the few characters whose endings I love. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it is very good ending. Uh, He's definitely one of the strongest characters in the latter episodes for sure mm-hmm. there's so many characters guys i know i <laughs> know so it's it's so hard but the one character who probably is my favorite above all others who is also i can't talk much about a storyline uh but richard alpert he he's awesome yeah he uh he constantly shows up I, does he start showing up in the first season? He, I think he shows up before Ben does. Uh, yeah, I think he does show up before Ben. Yeah, I, I, it's really hard to talk about his storyline, but he, he's he's eyeshadow he's, man. Yeah, he's he's eyeshadow man, but he doesn't actually wear eyeshadow. Uh, no, he actually has a defect. Yeah, he he actually is wearing foundation to 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 cover up some of his dark eyed. Uh, nonsense it's 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 interesting uh i don't know what his <laughs> i think it's a de- it. defect that makes yeah. it his eyebrows like very uh or eyelashes very dark yeah something he, like that he does not need to wear eyeshadow because no. he has dark eyes but everybody everybody thought he was the entire time and he, he had I to did. come out and be like no I guys <laughs> i did too uh, but anyways he's an amazing actor i've seen him in a few things i know that he was in uh Bates Motel. Oh yeah, I, that's I right. I just want to talk about him too. He's great, but I we can't really right. talk about him. <laughs> yeah, I know we just we just bored everybody. I, well, mostly me too, probably. We just bored everybody for fifty minutes about cast. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, you know what? Uh, we have very I little we, time. We talked enough. We talked enough about what the show was about, and I feel like they got to know what the show was about by us talking about the characters. Uh, yeah, but so, we'll. How much time do we have? We got a couple minutes still that we can. We got tops twenty minutes. Okay, so let's uh, let's just peek behind the spoiler wall just a little bit yeah. and briefly briefly go through the movie for you know just a few minutes. Yeah. Uh, I think obviously before we drop the curtain, we recommend going to see this show if you haven't already. It's yeah. it's again one of our favorites. Uh, I just I want to explain a little bit behind the wall. You know, yeah, what, no things worries. that we were saying up front. Uh, but yeah, we, definitely recommend. Gotta do that. We gotta do that. It's hard to not actually talk about this show while we're talking about this show. Uh, and yeah, go see the fucking movie. The show. We both been calling <laughs> uh, Yeah, it is a TV show and it, I think it's available on a lot of different streaming services. So please go yeah. watch it. Aloha, couch potatoes. Sorry we talked forever about characters and so little about the story. We'll kind of do the same thing behind the spoiler wall. And if you want to skip that, go to hour one, minute three. Thank you. So, <laughs> so I think up front, the one thing that I really wanted to talk about was Damon Lindelof. Because he is the showrunner for a good majority of yeah. this. He's... Uh, the show is created by, I'm going to get all the names wrong. I know it's J.J. Abrams, and I think it was Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof, I think. But J.J. only stayed on for, like, one or two seasons. And then after that, it was Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse who ran the show. Right. And there was so much question as to whether or not they knew where they were going with the show. Like, did they actually have an ending in mind or were they just bullshitting their way along and hoping to find an ending somewhere along the line? Yeah. And 
eventually, I think around season three, because this was a this was back when shows were still weekly by week. You know, they they came out one at a, one at a time. They weren't all binged and streamed immediately. And so, there came a time where they split the season up in half, and people got tired of the reruns because it was in the same slot, but it was just a rerun nonstop. Right. Right. And so the people would tune in and get pissed off because it's, oh, nope, no new episode this week. It's a fucking rerun. You know, I remember my mom and dad stopped watching the show, or mom and brother, I mean, stopped watching the show because it was reruns nonstop, but I stuck with it. And, you know, it, it brought up the question whether or not they knew what they were doing because, right. <laughs> you know, it's just they were losing viewership really fast and they weren't answering questions. You know, when they would come back from the next week, they would wrap up the, the cliffhanger, but then open it up to like five new mysteries and it's like what the hell are we gonna get any answers yeah well if you stick with the show you get the answers people you, you know that's what i like about shows is that they can take their time to tell this they can they yeah. could string you along for years and that's part of the beauty of this is that they do string you along for quite a few answers for quite a few years yeah but if you stick with it, it i think it's worth it for the most part i do too i do too and i also like what's nice about our modern environment is that you can stream this show yeah like you can binge it i mean it is a bingeable show yeah um, and so. it works it yeah. even even though it was separated by a week in between episodes it still works because every new episode is a different character focus yeah so it feels different you know, you're sometimes you're watching the con show of Sawyer. Sometimes you're watching the romantic show of Jen, uh, Jen and Son. Yeah. And so it's just, you know, it's 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 always intriguing. But the problem comes around season six, and I don't want to put all the blame on Damon Lindelof. I don't, you know, I even though I don't like a lot of his style, that's come become apparent in other works outside of Lost. Right. I just feel like a lot of his faith fell into the ending of this story and most of the show is that finding that comfortable middle ground between science and faith yeah and then the ending is very heavily christianized but but also vague enough to still be okay right. for like buddhists and hinduists and uh hinduists uh, hindus but it, you know it's it's vague enough that it's not going to insult anybody but it's obviously mostly backed by christianity i agree and that's not you know nothing wrong with that but the show spent so much time being very open faith and just you know what's the right choice science faith sometimes there's a good middle ground where both work right. you know and and i really loved the show for that until the ending when it just became very prevalent Perfect. i guess yeah uh, yeah, I, yeah I, I, I think, though, you know, I guess because we're behind this wall, I can mention Jacob. Jacob is kind of a god character of the island, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> but he also wasn't always. Uh, and the, the whole purpose of this happening to these people, a uh, big, big spoiler, is to find the new the new Jacob because he wants to stop being yeah he wasn't the first creator like as you said he wasn't or not creator he wasn't the first protector like you mentioned but he was the one who shaped the job as much as it's become where the show is at you know because what he's protecting is very hard to explain and kind of silly to get into behind a spoiler wall and it's it's definitely the huge spoiler of the show right but as you mentioned he has this list of people who can uh, take the job over from him and that list is our main cast basically there you go or a good chunk of the main cast and that's that's why they're the 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 ones the show focuses on rather than all the extras and everybody right and uh part of the part of the story becomes an individual the 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 smoke monster basically i'll say part of the story becomes the smoke monster trying to corrupt jacob's successors right and that's that's where you and i get to the point where we don't like the endings of some of these characters because they get corrupted they get yeah they do yeah something happens to their story and you're just like no that's not how i wanted their character story to end it's not worthy of the story you've been building yeah not not that i wanted them to become the protector 
but I, I did want their story to be uplifting in the end, and, and it wasn't. Exactly. You know, with the faith, the faith versus reason uh, perspective on this, I think that's prevalent in the show because Jacob is looking for somebody who has both of these qualities. And, yeah. And, in a way that balances out so that the person can both entrust because being the protect the protector is a big job and it requires a lot of people yeah so i think it is important for the person in jacob's position to have faith in people but they need to have reason to, in order to see what's going on so that they're not blindly mm-hmm. following uh, yeah or you know trusting these people and i think that is kind of the point Right, or even just blindly following Jacob's footsteps. You know, right. he, he kind of yeah. wants them to make it their own job exactly. too, like he did. Yeah. I don't really know if if there's anything else to go into. I, re- I guess uh, you know the. I think the show is strongest in the first three seasons, even I though I too. like a lot of things that happen in season four and five. Uh, yeah. But I think that's where it starts to go downhill for me. Though I gotta say, mm-hmm. I think I actually think that season five is my favorite. There's so yeah. eventually time travel becomes an element in the show. Yeah. And uh, so, like, at first, they're doing flash forwards of some people who successfully left the island. And then they get. We back. have to go back. We have to go we back. We have to go back. Hey, we gotta go back. <laughs> uh, and, and they make it back. Uh, and then the story is told in two different timelines there's the present. Yeah. And also back in the past, like in the 60s. And it's great. I freaking love that it's, shit. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> especially because especially because two of the characters that are stuck in the past are Sawyer and Jen. Yes. And that's where they receive the most development. That's where they become Definitely. better human beings, really, is because they're, they both are transported to a time and place where they're just like what the fuck do we do yeah and they have to they have to try to have a normal life like it obviously the people in this organization that's what i'll say have don't they're they're you know they're scientists on a i'm giving up too much i feel like but they're they're doing (laughs) stuff they're there for a job but they're also trying to have normal everyday lives because they live yeah and so yeah. they kind of have to try to blend into this weird environment. And so they kind of settle a little bit and it's nice. Yeah, they, I, I, they take I like the opportunity to, to grow. Yeah. And it's, it is, it's, it's lovely. And, and, you know, I agree. I think that is one of my favorite seasons. I think personally the first season is probably my favorite just because of what they accomplish in regards to setup. That's my second favorite because of that. Yeah. For that reason. They they just yeah. they know they knew what they were doing. They pounded it out one episode after another, and I just kept on wanting to come back. And they, they have yeah. that that kind of that carries over into the second season. But it does also and the I third just, season even. Yes, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I, and it's it's the greatest hook in television. I think you know I can't think of any show that's intrigued me so more so much that I had to stay through to the end. Right. You know, right. there's a lot of shows I love more than this, I would say, but this is the one that you know, I've watched it six times for a reason. It hooks you when you when yeah. you start watching it, when you show it to somebody, you're like, Well, I gotta watch the whole thing with you now. Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh it that first episode definitely, like, you get so much. Uh I mm-hmm. actually heard I was just listening to uh, another podcast. Uh how dare you? I know. They they were they weren't even talking about Lost. Is it was I I since I'm gonna talk about him I should say it was uh, Fat Man Beyond and it was Mark Bernardin and he was saying that in Lost right away you get at the end of the episode anyways obviously they crashed on a plane but there's polar bears and there's a smoke monster and yeah. he. I remember what he was talking about now. He was talking about WandaVision, how there wasn't very much revealed in, mm-hmm. in those first couple episodes, which that's that's a discussion for another time for us. Yeah, but I think that's all right. Yeah. I think I think shows can tell their stories at complete different speeds. And I, think I agree. Lost in, I agree. Yeah. I had no problem 
with WandaVision at that with that. But this show, there's so much more to talk about, man. There's so much more to talk yeah. about. I I want to talk about all of it, but I, I do want to mention some other characters that I really enjoyed their performance, like Mr. Echo. Oh yeah, yeah, Mr. Edouale Abage. I I'm sorry. Oh no, he's a hyphenated name, so I definitely yep. got your name wrong. I'm sorry, sir. Echo is a great character, though. Yeah, he's a really interesting character, and I like the kind of behind-the-scenes story of him because his story ended very abruptly. I don't know how much I want to get into his story, but like, I guess at some point the actor was like, "I don't, I, I don't get, I don't want to do this character anymore." yeah um, which, which i understand because again just like with the women characters the black characters d- aren't true. they're underwritten you know they, they get the, the worst focus you know mike uh michael and walt kind of just written off and turned yeah. into villains mr echo kind of just written off after a while yeah it's it was an odd ending but his ride up to that point was really good <laughs> yeah it was he was becoming yeah. a very unique and interesting character definitely like I, I think this story was just starting to get stale enough that they needed something like mr echo to keep it going mm-hmm. um, but then they get you know, a lot more of richard <laughs> they get a lot more of richard and ben and then juliet we didn't talk about juliet she's very yes. important to the show yeah Actually, I think we should talk about Juliet because I mentioned before the spoiler wall that Kate destroys the relationship, and that's yeah, that's, that's right. Juliet and Sawyer. When Sawyer goes back in time, he becomes uh, he he falls into a, in love basically with Juliet, yeah. who also is transported back in time with them. When you know they're all just trying to, as you said, try to live these normal lives, and Juliet and Sawyer take that opportunity to live that normal life together. They sure do. And it becomes it becomes something so strong. She pulls out every good thing in Sawyer. She makes him the best possible person he can be. And then Kate comes back in. Yeah, fucks all. And she just has she has to just step in there and be like, "I'm Kate. I'm yeah. underwritten, and they've made me obsessed with you for whatever reason. So here I am." And, and another weird thing is that, and in the start of Juliet's storyline, she was into Jack. Like, they did the same thing with her as they did mm-hmm. with Kate. That's not original at all. I don't know. That I, that that part kind of did piss me off. That they, like, I was totally fine with, like, them, the storyline of them being like, okay, here's this new character, Julia, and she's into, she's also a doctor, and she's into to Jack. Jack's into her. And then Kate and Sawyer become a more solidified thing. But no. They did a stupid thing <laughs> and switched that all around. But I do love Julia and, and Sawyer. Yeah, but you know who's to blame? Damon Lindelof. I guarantee yeah. it. Probably go. not. I actually don't know. I'm very opinionated against Damon Lindelof, so it might not be his decision. But I'm going to put the blame on him. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, you mentioned Nikki and Paolo. Do you want to drop the curtain and then talk about Nikki and Paolo? <laughs> I think so we should. That, I think I'm also realizing one other character we didn't talk about, so maybe we should drop the curtain yeah. and Charlie. We haven't mentioned Charlie oh, at all. No, we haven't mentioned Charlie at all. So are we dropping Charlie. the curtain then? Yeah, let's just say the curtain's been dropped already, and we're right. we're just now talking right. about a redundant thing they already know. Yeah, okay, I got you. So, but Charlie's a, a heroin addicted uh, guitarist and famous rock star, and also a hobbit. <laughs> and also a hobbit yeah mary mary adoc he's, uh, he's good in this too completely he is character, I, oh I yeah say. like you know that just shows his range and i love his his development of going from crazy drug addict to just crazy person it's yeah. really fun and yeah. i i root for his character at first but there comes a moment where i'm just like and i don't I don't really know when that moment is, but there comes a moment when I just start rooting against Charlie. Yeah. But then his ending is very good. Yeah. Uh, he gets a heroic ending. He gets a heroic ending and, uh, uh, we appreciate that. And I think it happened early enough in the show. So yeah, don't, don't go into this thinking your favorite Tolkien character is throughout 
this show because he's not. Uh, but you know, I think we should end on who else is not throughout the show, and that's Nikki and Paolo, the two yeah. greatest characters the two, they ever the two created. Best. Yeah. Uh, so that that leads us to our favorite episode. Is it just uh, titled Nikki and Paolo? No, that would be hilarious. It's it's, it's titled Expose. Expose. Okay, that's right. Nikki and Paolo, they they are secretly international diamond thieves. Oh my! Uh, They had some diamonds on them on the plane, so they're trying to keep that from everybody. It's a big, big part of the show. Bastards! It's huge, so huge. In reality, it was a initiative by Damon Lindelof to introduce new characters that was met with supreme disdain by the audience. <laughs> so many people hated Nikki and Paolo. They're, they they were just like supporting just members for... Up. They just yeah. they just showed up. They weren't even on the show. Like, they were not extras before this. No. Yeah, and then they just became, like, important characters tagging along everywhere but not really contributing anything. And finally, you know, the show had hiatus, went on hiatus for, like, six months or something. And when they came back, they decided, you know what? Fuck Nikki and Paolo. We're going to make an episode about them and then just be (laughs) done with them. (laughs) They're gone. And their their ending is magnificent. It is hilarious. It's horrible. And... Never mentioned again. I do love bitching about the episode, but the truth is, if it was a completely different television series, it's a pretty good episode. (laughs) 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 It just does not go with the series at all. It's not important to the Mm -mm. show. And then it's not mentioned again either. It's so, what happens is so terrifying and awful. And they just kind of dust it under the rug and it's like, that's just the secret hidden gem of the lost you'll never yeah. have to hear about again. Uh, bum, bum. Yeah, I think we did it though, man. I, I, at, at the very least, I think that's all, all the time. We some bad hat. I know we could talk about the show for hours and hours. Bad robot. Yeah, that definitely gets stuck in your head. Uh, Damn J.J. Abrams. I do want it to just, to just mention. I don't think we should go into it at all. We never mention the hatch. Ah. Yeah. There you go. There's a hook for you. I'm the Green Traveler. <laughs> I'm the Faceless Leon. Hope you enjoyed. Safe travels. And good night. Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of Fiction Works 19. If you want to learn more information about us, check us out on Facebook. You can also check out the Facebook and Instagram accounts of FictionWorks19. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, or subscribe wherever you catch the show. Thank you all very much for listening.